Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by one of the most sought-after business coaches and keynote speakers in the world. His latest project is his book, Easier, 60 Ways to Make Your Work Life Work for You. We welcome author Chris Westfall. So great to be here. Thanks for having me. Chris, let's go beyond the mic. The two main characters in your story are the coach and the client. At what age were you the client and when did you morph into the coach? (laughs) The answer is every age, because I got to tell you, true confessions right here, right out of the gate. I'm, I'm both the client and the coach because this book is a story. It's a business fable, but it's based on my experience being coached, going through different challenges. And in, in many ways, this, this business fable is the most authentic thing that I've ever written because it is, it is both my story and the story of the coach and the story of the client. It's, it's, it's a part of me and it's something separate from me. It's, it's very hard to describe, but ultimately if you say, are you the coach or the client? When did you morph into one or the other? I, I think I've always been both. In your book, you say, quote, serve deeply, serve people in a way that they cannot serve themselves, unquote. You yourself have a servant's heart, but at what point do serving others become the path for other success on the back of your service? I think that point is every point. If you are truly serving deeply and in the spirit of the book, you know, there's, there's a quote that begins the book. What do we live for if not to make life less difficult for one another? And that's a quote from George Eliot. Um, and I think that when we really step into service and we release our ego, our need to be the main character, we see that there is a new energy that we can tap into, the energy of serving others. And sort of like the rising tide that lifts all ships as we serve others and create success for others. Interestingly enough, in my experience, our own success increases as well. You once joked that your last job before entering TCU for your MBA was professional stuntman. True story. Why is easier the book for the person who may be struggling in their own life? Well, I think that because of the struggles and challenges that, that I've had to go through myself, I've come to an understanding of where those challenges come from. And when I work with people as a coach and they come to me and they have challenges around their career or around leadership or around moving forward in their life and their relationships, you know, one of the questions that I always ask them is, I I mean, why are you being so hard on yourself? What stunt show were you in? (laughs) Because it is, it is a true story that before I went back to get my MBA, I was part of the Batman stunt show. And I think that uh, my ability to, fist fight with Batman in front of 3000 screaming fans gave me an opportunity to see things in a new way. And the way that I approach risk, the way that I assess challenges is perhaps a little different. Perhaps that, that perspective has been shaped by that experience in the stunt show. And by the way, to this day, I still do all of my own stunts. Alumnus to the fighting saints at St. Charles high school. What's your best memory of those days in the orange and black? What a great question. (laughs) I remember when I was the announcer for the football games at St. Charles High School, and I had an opportunity to introduce the homecoming court, and I botched the name of the homecoming queen in front of the crowd. (laughs) And the reason that I share this memory with you is that I am still standing. I am who I am because... (laughs) 
of my mistakes or maybe in spite of them. But the message from that story and the message of my life is, is that you can always begin again. And even something that you think, oh my gosh, what a horrible mistake. How could I forget her name? It was corrected immediately. And I apologized on the microphone and the homecoming court went on the field and everything was fine. But so many times what, what I've discovered is that, that it's never tougher than it is in your own mind. We're our own hardest critic. It's always been true for me. I mean, the guy who wrote a book called Easier is a specialist in being hard on himself. I promise you that. But this is, this is the book that points in the direction of what is available. And, you know, one of the things that I, I treasure my memories from St. Charles High School, it's so wonderful that you pulled that, that, you pulled that one out of the bag. Do you remember her name today? You're really putting me on the spot. I did not know that was one of the questions that was coming. I've, her first name was Tracy. I don't recall her last name. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, it's time for the Rocky Nate. Eight random fast fire questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Best Broadway show you've ever seen. The best Broadway show that I've ever seen was Boeing Boeing. I saw it twice. Have you ever stayed up 24 hours straight and you remember why? Yes, I have stayed up 24 hours straight. And that was when I was taking my finals in graduate school and I was working my way towards my MBA performing in an industrial film. I was a spokesperson in an industrial film and we shot across the night. So I took finals during the day and then I had to stay up 24 hours and shoot a video project, and that took me all night long. Last sporting event you attended? That would be a Houston Astros baseball game. I want to hold it against you. Best present you've ever received? Mm. Birth of my first child. Oops, that leaves my second one out, doesn't it? Hold on a second. There's actually a tie for first place. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> you love them equally. Indeed, and in different ways. It's very strange, yes. One thing you always get when you visit a farmer's market. Oh, uh, I always look for fresh fruit. Which historical figure would you like to see try to survive in the 21st century? Abraham Lincoln. Think he could? I, I would love to talk with him about some of the challenges that we're facing. Chris, what's your favorite Indian food? Mm, pretty simple on this one. Uh, I'm going to say just tandoor chicken. What's the one childhood dream that you haven't achieved yet? I wanted to be a hang glider pilot. I wanted to go hang gliding when I was about 10 years old. And I had a buddy of mine and we had a plan mapped out of how we were going to, we didn't know it wasn't a career. We thought we were going to be hang glider pilots and that was <laughs> going to be our jobs and our lives. Didn't work out that way. It's time for the back half with author of Easier 60 Ways to Make Your Work Life Work for You. Chris Westfall, Beyond the Mic. Chris, there are people who are linear thinkers. And those who are scattershot thinkers, who first changed your thinking from being a hang gliding pilot to helping others focus their thinking? I've always been interested in possibilities for myself and for others in my business. And one of the things that I've come to realize, and it has changed my thinking, it's, it's really something that I've experienced and I've observed it. And it is this, inside every moment, no matter what it is that we are going through, possibilities always exist. 
And like, if I were to ask you how many possibilities exist right now inside this interview, the answer is infinite. I mean, I can say Justin Bieber, I can say avocado, I can say street sign, I can talk about anything. May not be useful, may not be what you're hoping for, but those possibilities exist. And oftentimes when we get, when we get up against it, when life looks tough, we, we narrow our focus and we aren't able to see that possibilities exist. And part of the power inside of the coaching conversation and hopefully the power inside of easier is that it gives people some flexibility and some fluidity to see that even within this linear world, within the, the boundaries that, that line the road, for example, you can take that road and go anywhere you would like but there are boundaries. It's, it's not an either or thing. The fact that there are boundaries on the road does not keep me from traveling. It actually enables me to be able to travel. And so the linear nature of life is always filled with limitless possibilities. Who was your first coach and how did they evolve you as an athlete, a father, and even as a person? The first coach was my father. In fact, easier is dedicated to his memory. And there's a chapter in the book that talks about uh, the loss of my father. And uh, it's, again, one of the most, most authentic things I've ever written because it is just verbatim of what I went through and what I learned from that experience. My father was my first coach and maybe my best coach because he gave me the thing that is at the center of coaching. He gave me encouragement and he let me know that what I wanted to do was what he wanted for me. And he was my greatest supporter. And although he was taken from us far too soon, this, this book in some small way tries to honor his memory and, and remember the encouragement that he gave to me so that, so that his memory can be a blessing. It's time for a beyond the mic. Look at Chris Westfall's social media past February 11, 2010. You wrote quote, if a tree belongs in the forest and no one is there to hear it, does it make a sound? Curious, your thoughts on the best blog sites, unquote. How has social media evolved and devolved and been a part of your life? Social media originally, and, and especially from the time that you're pulling from, I mean, around 2010, we're going back into the Wayback Machine there. It, it's always been about a conversation. But that conversation has shifted and changed into some of the things that we see in the stories on Instagram as well as TikTok. So it's really turned into more of a video medium and an opportunity for people to share and express themselves through video that just didn't, didn't really exist. Although there was video, there was YouTube, all of those things, but it has become much more of a video-centric medium. And for me, that has been something that I've, I've really embraced because as a video producer myself, I welcome the opportunity to share and express my ideas as well as the ideas of my clients via these, these various mediums and various forms on, on social. But ultimately, social media is still about what it has always been about, and that is creating a conversation, a conversation that starts with your self-expression and an opportunity to, do, to create engagement. That's what it looks like to me. How has your family and your daughters help you become a better man? They've taught me about selflessness. Something called selfless service is a central theme in the book. And there was a time in my life when I was uh, single before I had a family when I didn't really understand much beyond selfishness. And the edge of my world was the edge of my ego. And so having a family and the love that, that, I share with my wife the, the, the acceptance that I have found from her, as well as the, the miracles, and I, and I don't use that word lightly, but the miracles that I see inside of, of my two girls 
are a constant source of inspiration. They are the reason why I do what I do. And they continue to inspire me so that hopefully on some level I can inspire others. But my family is, is my rock and they, they mean the world to me. They, they are my world, quite frankly. So what's your best moment from your daughters? Many, many years ago, when my wife and I were first married, she was shopping in a thrift store, in a thrift store, and she saw this scarf. And on this scarf, there was a picture of a castle. And underneath the castle, written in cursive, there were these words, Romeo and Juliet. So my wife sees this scarf. We've been married, we've been married maybe six months. She sees this scarf and she goes, I wonder what would happen if one day we had a daughter. My husband and I had a daughter and she grew up to play a part in Romeo and Juliet. I'm buying this scarf. So she buys it. It's like a dollar 80 or a dollar six. I don't know. It's a thrift store, right? It's very inexpensive, but she buys it. She keeps it across the years. And on the night that my daughter stepped on stage to take a bow as Juliet in Romeo and Juliet, we knew exactly what we were going to give her. And that memory is something that I treasure very deeply because my wife had an imagination that was far beyond mine um, and, and a very long agenda, evidently. I mean, that's also part of the story, but there, she had a vision for us. And, and quite frankly, that vision came to life and I saw it take a bow on stage. And it was a beautiful memory. If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another beyond the mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the good pods app. Chris Westfall, author of easier joined us beyond the mic. How did your time at the Chicago Academy for the arts help you learn to create and to be creative? It showed me that there were possibilities inside of me that I did not realize until I stepped out of my comfort zone, the suburban existence that I was enjoying in the Western suburbs in St. Charles, Illinois, uh, in Kane County, West of Chicago, but making the transition to the school of the arts really helped me to embrace a performer's mindset. And that's the mindset that I still have to this day and understanding what it takes to step on stage, to stand and deliver at, at a, at really a peak level at a very young age really shaped me and helped to color. I think the coaching that I do, especially the communications coaching because of the experiences that, that I had there in Chicago. And of course, as with any great experience, it was the people the people there that made a difference for me and what they saw inside of me that I couldn't see for myself helped me to, to become the person that I am today. Chris, you once stayed up 24 hours during college because of the passion that you had. How has your passion changed since you left college in keeping passion along with compassion? I've always felt like I had to try a little bit harder and it comes from my time in graduate school. When I went back to graduate school and my last full-time job was working as a stuntman. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm in a, a graduate program with people who are professional engineers, people who had worked as consultants, people who had been loan officers at banks. I, I felt like everyone that I was working with was, was stepping out of a limousine in terms of their background. And here I was riding around in the clown car. So for me, I've always felt like 
I've, I've had to try harder. And that's where that passion comes from. I had someone tell me the other day, you know, Chris, you have so much energy when you're on stage and and I've seen you speak and you have, you have so much energy. Where does that energy come from? And I say, well, when I was younger, people didn't really listen to me. And so every time that I have an opportunity to speak, to share, to serve, to coach, I, I understand where I've come from. And I understand and appreciate the encouragement and the coaching that I've received from others. And it is my mission in life to, to pass on that same spirit of encouragement, that same spirit of, of effort, that same spirit of selfless service that I didn't always understand, but I came to understand because others gave it to me. And I feel as if it's, it's my job to pass it on and to share it and to pay it forward. You've won numerous awards and honors, but what's the one thing you treasure more than any of them? Uh, probably the ring that I wear on this left hand that my wife gave to me, quite frankly, because I tell you what, the minute that you receive an award, and I appreciate you saying that, and I, I've been very fortunate and very blessed, but the minute that you receive an award, uh, <laughs> you, you start going, well, now, now what am I going to do with this? because the last thing that you want to do is rest on your laurels and we have to show up and prove ourselves every day. So for me, the, the awards are nice and I appreciate, I'm deeply grateful for the recognition. The recognitions have launched my career in so many ways, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not about resting on your laurels or the achievements of the past. It's about using what you've achieved to help create the future, not only for myself, but for the clients that I serve and the people that I care about. When did you believe you made it? I'm, I'm not there. Why? Don't know. I, I don't think you ever arrive. I don't think you ever make it. I think, I think life is a journey. And, and if I, I, I don't know. I don't know what that, you know, I don't have like a, I've made it car or number in my bank account or size of a home or whatever, I, or, or book sales or any of that kind of stuff. It when if I've ever made it, what I've made is a difference. And that my friend is the most that any of us can hope for because whatever success we enjoy as, as Patton said, all glory is fleeting and the applause ends the awards sit on a shelf, but each day we have to wake up like the stories that you've shared, whether in defeat or in victory, we have to keep moving forward. And for me, I I don't, I don't think of myself as having made it or having arrived. And if, if others do think that I, I appreciate the sentiment, but I can't say that I share it because I've still got, because I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. You believe in speaking anywhere to anyone, anytime. Was there one speech when you left thinking, I know I should have done that one, but eh, what the hell? Well, you never know how your speech is being received. The Applause at the end might be sincere or it might be polite. But at the end of the day, I move forward regardless of the outcome. As we were talking about, whether whether it, 20 people listen or 2 million people listen, whether 20 people read the book or 200 million people read the book, the outcome is sure. I, 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 the outcome is important to me and I want to reach as many people as I can, but that's not why I'm on the journey. And if I can make a difference for one person, for one person in a speech, then it was worth it. But every time I come off stage, I never know 
how it was received. And people come up to me afterwards and, and what stands out for them and what they remember and what touches people is always for me something very exciting for me for me to listen to because there's always two there's always two presentations there's the one that i give and there's the one that they hear which one do you think is most important it's always what the audience hears and what they take from it and that's the thing that's been so exciting about easier is that when people give me feedback the journey that they go on is is different it is unique and each person takes a a a particular perspective or a particular story to heart and is touched by it in, in a way that, that makes it so meaningful for me. And I certainly don't want to sit there and try to armchair quarterback where the journey is going to take them, whether that journey is in a speech, in a book, in a coaching conversation, wherever the case may be, because you and I both know insights come from the inside. And that is what, that is what I work to discover and to help my clients uncover inside of themselves. There's currently the incredible invisible workforce now. After the pandemic, people's thoughts on employment have changed. Where do you see the workforce of the future? Everywhere. I think that this idea of working from home has been something that the pandemic thrust upon us. For those who were not working from home, it suddenly became an option. And today, I think that organizations are scrambling to embrace the work from anywhere uh, or, you know, the success from anywhere, really workforce. That's what people are looking for. And I say success from anywhere because it, it reminds me of the, of the best-selling book by my friend Karen Manja about how People can find effectiveness anywhere. And, and you're seeing people figuring out that they can move to, to rural areas or they can move to inner cities, depending on their tastes, not because of where they work. It's about choice and about how people want to live. And I think that as, as we consider the, the pandemic and we look at this question, what's good about this? which is a big part of one of the questions in the book, but what's good about this pandemic is that people are seeing more choices and companies are embracing those choices as well. And if they're going to win during the great resignation, which is also part of, of this world that we live in, if companies are going to win, they're going to be providing choices that accommodate what workers want and the lifestyles that people expect, because no longer is the, the corporation the thing that, people serve like an idol, the corporation must create mutual benefit for the employees. Otherwise, those employees will go somewhere else because choice has been introduced in a very big way. It's time for one big question with Chris Westfall, author of the book, Easier Beyond the Mic. Chris, when was the last time you created strong chili? I'm not talking about cooking, nor your first blog from 11 years ago. I'm talking about that last powerful conversation that was memorable and a little bit of spicy. <laughs> I have those conversations every day, and I happen to have one today, as a matter of fact, before this conversation with a client, a company that is based in the UK. And I had a global audience on the call with me, folks from Italy and France, and of course, uh, Great Britain. And we were talking about the importance of stepping beyond national borders. In other words, beyond nationalism, and it was vital that I spoke of this subject because how can I, as an American, offer insights to someone in France? Well, if those insights are about how to be better at being French, I'm not your guy. But 
if we look in the direction of what is universal, the thing that connects us, the things that cross borders and genders and lifestyles and histories, what we find is our humanity. And when we speak of our humanity, we speak of the thing that connects us, the thing that connects us all, the thing that is what we share and that perspective and that experience, that uniquely human experience that is not location specific. It's not tied to St. Charles, Illinois. It's something that anyone can experience anywhere. And when we speak of this thing, when we speak of our humanity and that human experience, that my friend is the strongest and spiciest and also the tastiest chili that anybody could cook. What's one story you haven't told before and you're willing to tell now? A story that I have not told before. That's that's a good one. That's a great question to ask. You know, the, the story that that shows up for me is is right here. And I don't you can you can see this on my arm, but the listeners can't. I have a sleeve on my arm here because I am working through some pretty serious tennis elbow. Got some tendonitis going on right now. And one of the things that I've discovered is that I have to learn to listen to my body and listen to what my body is telling me. And so I don't exactly know where this story is going other than to say one of the stories that I'm living inside of right now is how can I take better care of myself and to always be aware that that self-care makes things easier. Even when, even when I don't see it that way, because I'm busy driving and striving and trying to achieve and do all these things and write books and give speeches. But sometimes you just have to, you have to step into these two words, slow down. And when I slow down, I find a place where I can heal a little bit, sometimes heal my soul. And even on some days, heal this sore right arm. (gasps) Author Chris Westfall wanted to be a hang glider pilot, always looks for fresh fruit at the farmer's market and he would like to talk to Abe Lincoln today. His book is easier, 60 ways to make your work life work for you. Chris, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. What a pleasure. Thank you. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic. <laughs>